Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the unbiased takes. After some time off, the guys are back in a summer recap series to cover all things sports before the NFL season starts. On this episode, the guys will finally get the Baker news and take a look at the second-year QB that made huge news over the offseason. And another final breakdown for the NBA Summer League. It's a news review special, so sit back and enjoy the show. All right, so we're back after a while. It's been a little, a little over a week, I guess, since we last uh, did one of these. Jalen, we've had some news happen since then, and some things have stayed pat. Got a lot of different stuff we're going to hit on and get to today. Kind of more of a free-flowing episode. I might even say something nice about the Sacramento Kings that I do want to squeeze in here at some point. We'll get to that, maybe. Uh, Jalen, how are you doing? It's been a while. Um, we're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, like you said, we're just trying to wrap up on things here over this past week. It seems like not much happened, but a lot has kind of happened, you know? It's that weird off-season enigma that we finally reached. But uh, almost at that all-star break for the MLB, too. So we're going to have some of that coming up next episode, most likely. And, uh, yeah, um, honestly, it's just, you know, countdown. We're getting closer to college football than the NFL. So I know you're probably getting more excited for just the return of college sports in general. So yeah, I'm it's just a good time for sport because we're almost there. Uh, I'm more of an NFL guy, though, especially now. I kind of hate college football, actually. But we don't have to I'm go. I'm so happy you finally made that. You said that. I've been with that. I've always been more NFL. I hate college football more than I have ever. It's just, it frustrates me that there's no, like, there's just no centralized leadership. Like, there's just the big schools just do whatever they want. You're going to have now, it's going to be like two mega conferences. I just think it's dumb. It should be, they need to just operate it like the NFL, really. Now that the players can make money, just off, just quit pretending like it's college, it's amateurs. Just like have a league, have a commissioner, have rules, have like a set schedule instead of just all the schools making their own schedules. And like it could be so much better than it is, which is frustrating. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's just yeah. My that's just, that's a, that sounds like a story before the season starts. I could uh, do a whole episode on the, we could honestly we could do a whole episode on just the state of co- on college football, the state of it in general. Um, we don't have to. Uh, oh, trust me, I can rant on just them fixing their bowl games. That's where I. That's where I stand. So, but uh, yeah, let's 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 step off from college football. Yeah. What else do we got for right. today? A guy who used to play college football. So this isn't really new news at this point. This is about a week old, but uh, it happened since the last time we recorded. So Baker Mayfield finally, after months and months, gets moved to Carolina kind of see, always seemed like the place that made the most sense. And it was just, they were basically arguing over a couple million bucks of salary. The Panthers are like, there's no market. We're going to get him for the least we can. Got him for a fifth or a conditional fourth round pick. Um, so how do you feel about Baker going to Carolina? I think considering there weren't a lot of options, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I like it personally. Um, it's a sorry it's a good market for him I mean it's a good chance for him to get a second chance and that's what he's looking for you know 
it's gonna be competitive to get in because you got you know Sam Darnold and everything. So it's gonna be it, it, it's not gonna be like a cakewalk, obviously. But the question is for you right now is do you think he's gonna go in there and get the starting job? A lot of people are saying no because of the money. He should be the he's gonna be the starter. They wouldn't have got him if they were confident in Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was bad. Whatever you think about Baker Mayfield, he's better than Sam Darnold at this point. Like Sam Darnold's bad. His 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 numbers are horrible. He Baker's gonna be the starter. Um, I like it as well. I think you know at this point, uh, Baker's not as good as I thought he would be. I really, I love Baker coming oh. out his first couple of years. Um, obviously, he's had some personality maturity issues that have hurt him. You hope he's learned his lesson. I imagine he's gonna be super motivated, and I think it's a good fit. One, one honestly, just because. The division. I mean, and then I've seen, I mean, he's the second That's best exactly quarterback in his division, probably. So, I mean, you could argue about J- him and Jameis, but I, I'd probably take him over Jameis today. So, and if Brady retires next year, he, he might, he's arguably the best quarterback in that division, depending on what happens in the draft. And that's exactly why I like his situation. And if he, it's, that's why I think if he has a good bounce back year this year, I think he has a great situation for him in the NFC South right now. I mean, we don't know much about what's going on in Atlanta, but can pretty much safe to say that Mariota is not going to revive anything down there. And uh, Ritter, Ritter, I don't think it's too. I think it's too early to say he will be the superstar to do that as well. But I mean, we were both fans of him, so I mean, I, I would be sitting here if I saw Desmond Ritter go off. Hey, I'll be hyped for it. Even Ritter, but, a bit. Atlanta's bad, but, but I, I mean, do like Ritter. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it just looks like if Baker right now has a good spot, you know, he is in a good position once Brady leaves. So it's just whether or not he could take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. The only, the biggest concern, obviously, I think it's, I mean, it's sure millions of people have said it everywhere, uh, is the offensive line. He is taking a huge step down in terms of his offensive line. Their line was horrible last year, but they did pick a Quanu who I love. Icky Quanu from NC State. I think he's going to be a beast at left tackle. The rest of their line is still very shaky, and he's a rookie. So, you know, rookie tackles. Tackle is a position it kind of takes, unless you're an absolute stud, like it takes a little bit to feel it out. Like Rashawn Slater and Penny Sewell, they came in and were great, but those were both like, they're both probably better prospects than anyone in this draft, even though the tackles are good. So I feel like they solved that. Um, he's actually got decent weapons. Um, McCaffrey, you know, I'm sure he'll play five games and then get injured. Um, and the defensive, the defense is not horrible. So I feel like Carolina with Baker, I mean, they're in a position to be like in the mix for a second in that division. Uh, so we've got 10 minutes. This will probably get us to the end of this topic. So I got two uh, talking points on Baker here that I want to talk about before we move on. So two questions for you. So one, uh, well, well, we'll start with this. We're talking about the division. Do you think now with Baker, can Carolina, they're nowhere near the box, obviously, but can they be in the mix with the Saints for the second place in that division? Do you think the Panthers have a sh- any chance to be better? Do you think they're on the level with the Saints now that they have Baker? I still think the yes. Saints are better, but I think it's a lot closer now. Or a little it's a lot closer, yes. Um, I think 
I think the gap, because of, I think with Baker, yeah, the gap has definitely gotten smaller if he were to start. Um, I like Carolina's weapons a little bit. McCaffrey, like you said, five games. You'll get at least five games out of them. But let's just say theoretically, right? Right now, Carolina can say they have their guy. I don't think they, I don't think the Saints can say the same about Kamara. I don't know what the, again, I don't follow the whole legal situations in the NFL. So he could be, knowing the NFL, he's probably already back in New Orleans, free as free as can be. But in my, right now, as I know, he might still be not able to play football. But let's say both teams had their guys. Let's, it, I feel like it would come down to who would make the biggest moment in the when the time needed. And I think we've seen Baker come up in big moments more than we've seen Jameis. So let's just th- let's just say that right now that we're going to see the Saints and Saints, Saints and Carolina Panthers play each other, and it's a close game. Who would you think, with two minutes left, would win the game, Baker or Jameis? Uh, I agree with you on that. I like Baker more than Jameis. I would write if we're going to do, and I think it, if we might say we'll probably save it for a future episode our QB rankings because I, I would like to make both make our own and then kind of come on there and argue. Um, but I, I would take Baker over Jameis, but I do feel like the Saints have a better overall roster. Maybe not – it's maybe not a huge gap, but I still feel like they're a little better defensively. Their O-line, although they did lose Armstrad and draft Trevor Penning, which that's going to be a downgrade, but Penning, who knows, he could pan out. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the Saints, we talked about them before when we did our uh, segment on teams we're most unsure about. I really don't know what to make of the Saints. Today, I'd probably still put them above the Panthers, but I do think it is a lot closer because I do like Baker more than Jameis. And it's it's not a huge – but not by a huge margin. But I like Baker more than, than Jameis. So I think it's gotten closer. I still feel like the Saints are a little bit better overall, though. But I don't love their coach either. I also think – I also like Carolina's younger defense. They kept their defense. I'm pretty sure more of their pieces. Saints lost a couple of Bears this year, but I'm pretty sure they also put – they added a piece, you know. Who's Marcus Williams, you're right. That is a big loss. Yeah. So, everyone – I guess, like, I agree. Saints are probably right now overall better, but if the Carolina Panthers were in that situation where they were down, but it was a two-minute crunch time situation, I feel like they would have a – I feel like Baker would give them a shot, you know. Baker does give them that shot. So uh, that's why I say the gap has definitely closed with Baker joining the Panthers. I like that. Yeah. I'm in Carolina. Now they do become, they are far more interesting now than they were going into the year with Darnold. Um, so the last thing on Baker, the other question I have, which I think is fascinating. So it's a QB draft coming up, you know, we'll wait and see, but there's a lot of guys who have potential. It should be a much better QB draft than last year. A lot of guys who have potential who, if they pop off, could be very early picks. A ton of guys with potential. We'll see what happens. Um, We don't need to get into the name specifically. But there's going to be probably four or five quarterbacks, if I had to guess, go first round next year. Probably at least four. So Baker is in a contract year. Um, The Browns never paid him, obviously. Basically a one-year tryout with the Panthers. Um, so how many games do you think Baker has to win? Or what do you feel like he has to do for the Panthers to be like, all right, we've seen enough. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a contract after the season and we won't draft a quarterback. You're our guy. 
what, what do you feel like as far as how many, is it whether a number of wins or how well he plays? I mean, what, what's the number of wins you feel like he has to get to for him to be safely like, all right, we're, you're the guy moving forward rather than that's one year failed. We'll just draft someone. Um, for me, I feel like when it comes to the Panthers, they're going to be asking, hang on one second. I'm trying to hang on. I'm trying to find the answer to my question right here. Yeah. Asking ourselves, how many games did Sam Darnold win us last year? And that was only five. So I'd say, first of all, you definitely need to make sure he wins them five games. That's probably the bare minimum that he needs to win. If it's like that, like if you don't win more than five games, there's absolutely no chance we're probably going to even hear a sound about Baker Mayfield coming out of Carolina or going back to Carolina or any sound of Baker, like I said. Um, so I'd say how many does he need, though, for him to return? Probably would have to give him, like you said, probably like enough to entertain the idea of them going to a playoff or getting a playoff berth. Like enough for them to pretty much stay in the hunt, you know, for, throughout the, until this season ends. Because I feel like if they actually, if they, Carolina just had the buzz around them, I think that will be enough to satisfy the owner to keep Baker, you know, like, hey, Baker's keeping my team in playoff contention, even though Matt Rule is a, you know, just dumb, dumb as bricks right here. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't but, know about that. I think. I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, he could, obviously if this could save Matt Rule's job. I, I was a huge fan of Matt Rule at first, but didn't really, hasn't been really working out for him. But it's also Carolina and a very impatient owner. So, which is the thing that Baker, which is also what we have to account for in this situation is for sadly Baker, he, the owner probably wants them to be in the playoffs. If we're being realistic, I feel like the owner wants them to be a playoff team when they're not. So that's why I say playoff contention is probably just being in the hunt throughout the season, you know, having that buzz around your team. That's probably would get you enough to stay in the league for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, in the hunt, if they're in the hunt, like pretty much till the end of the year, I think we'll come back because it's not like Carolina. I mean, they're not like a quarterback away. Like they do have significant number of other holes on their roster. So I feel like if Baker, I think the number, if I had to put a win number, I would say if he gets to not even in the playoffs, but he just gets like eight wins, they're eight and nine. I yeah. think that's probably enough where they're like, all right, we don't have it. We'd probably have to trade up to draft one of the top quarterbacks. Um, we have lots of other holes. Our line is still questionable. Our defense can use a few boosts. Like we have other holes on this roster. So I think if he gets to seven eight wins I think eight would be the number where I'd feel confident that they'd bring him back but yeah I agree if they're in the mix like in the hunt till late in the year that's better than they've been in a couple years at this point so I mean they haven't been in the playoffs in a while it's I mean when was the last time what like 2017 2018 something like that that they made the playoffs last so um since that 15-1 Super Bowl appearance with Cam it hasn't been a lot of success apart right away yeah so yeah, so I yeah I agree with you. Um, I think if they, if he can keep them in the mix in the hunt, they will. Uh, I think they'll give him another shot. Uh, I don't know what kind of contract he would get, but I'm very interested to see what Baker does this year. The Panthers are are going to be fascinating to me, and like the NFC, it's kind of like the NFC wild card race is very wide open. I feel like there's a lot of teams with potential but question marks. So I think Carolina they'd probably be near the bottom of that tier, but I think they could be in the mix. So. 
Very exciting. All right. Yeah. Anything else um, say on Baker here? No, not that I can. I was about to say that I feel like we touched up on most of it, whether or not, you know, I feel like we both agree that hopefully this makes them, you know, a team that's within the hunt and entertaining, you know, that's if he starts, you know, knowing, knowing Carolina, we might see Sam Darnold a couple of times if Baker falls out a couple. So you never know when, you know, you really don't know what's going to happen in Carolina. I hope Baker goes, I hope they give Baker a consistent chance and he wins the job. You know, that's, that's what I hope. Cause I think, like you said, it's pretty, I think it's a little obvious that he's better than Sam Darnold. But, yeah. All right. You know, money talks too. So, <laughs> nah, hopefully they can find a way to dish out Sam Darnold. Good luck with that. But yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold's bad. That's what I think. But all right. Uh, you may start the other meeting for this. Uh, come back, talk a little NBA, a little other news as well. Maybe a little Zach Wilson. Yeah, we got a lot of other things to talk about still. So yeah, we can. All right. Sounds good. See you in a sec. All right. After a quick break, here we go again. Um, so just talked to Will Baker Mayfield. Um, just getting some other storylines. So the NBA offseason has had a lot of big news and buzz, but as far as actual moves, it's been uh, relatively quiet. As of we last time we talked, it was what, just a couple days or a day or two after KD requested the trade. Week plus later, no trade. Um, they're asking prices ridiculously, way too high, um, and everything like that. So uh, we don't have to talk about Katie exactly. I, I want to start with uh, actually with Donovan Mitchell um, first. So the Jazz, they trade to go bear. They get all those. They get all that absurd haul from the Timberwolves. Uh, and so now here we are, the Jazz. They have originally they said they were going to trade Mitchell. Now they're saying they're not. They're listening to calls for him. They don't. They doesn't seem like there's urgency to trade him, but they'd move him for the right price. So first of all, do you think Mitchell will end up getting moved? And if so, where do you feel like makes the most sense for him? Um. Yeah. So I'm kind of on the wave of. I think a lot of the stars at this point are probably going to be staying. Uh, I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to uh, hop off all the hype of the NBA now. Uh, uh, after Katie whole staying situation and after what Adam Silver said, I think it was last night about the whole trade request and how it looks bad for the league and all that. And I, and I agree. Cause I mean, if Katie, like, like we talked about, if Katie goes back to the Warriors kind of makes the league uninteresting again, you know? I mean, it makes them another super team. And, yeah, we'll have, like, these kind of matchups. But, I mean, anyways, that's a whole other story. But um, Donovan Mitchell, I think he does – I think it makes sense for him to stay now. Like, I, I kind of put up the argument that the players that they got from the Wolves were really good pieces going forward. And if, they, if they're valuing Donovan Mitchell this much and they're still waiting for the right price, why don't you just keep him at this point, you know? Like – you are you already got like a great core. You're getting a you already got a lot from Rudy Gobert. I mean, that was the main goal of this offseason was to split them up. I thought I know you wanted to rebuild. You got rid of Snyder. I know you wanted to start the rebuild, but I feel like it'd be a lot easier for whatever coach they do they did hire or do get. Um it'd be a lot easier if they had Donovan Mitchell there for that transition. I mean, they already because they're not gonna. They're already gonna be having a struggling defense, interior defense. But 
you have to remember you get Patrick Beverly, Vanderbilt. You got a couple of these guys that come from Minnesota that actually have some defense presence. So just a couple of things to consider when I, when I think about Donovan Mitchell, you know, and this whole all-star situation. Yeah. Uh, I disagree a little bit. I, I get where you're coming from. I would like to see maybe like a year or maybe it's the wait till the deadline. I would like to see what Mitchell looks like with this new kind of team without Gobert. Uh, Cause I think they'd be interesting. And, and he does have what three or four years on his deal. So it's, it's in, and it doesn't seem like he's forcing his way out at this point. Um, so I think the Jazz are in a great spot because of the Rudy Gobert trade. I mean, it was so crazy. It screwed up the market, and now no one will give the Nets anything close to what they want for KD. Um, so you got all these picks. You got a bunch of picks now. You got some young rotational guys. Um, so you can rock with Mitchell. Like, there's no urgency to trade him. I think they're in a great spot because I, I do feel like they're going to eventually move him. Um, Maybe keep him for this year, and that'd be cool. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like as long as he's, not, as he's on the team, like, you're probably not going to bottom out to be able to get a high draft pick. And Minnesota, like, those are a lot of picks, but I feel like the Wolves will be at least, like, in the playoffs probably these next couple of years, unless it goes horribly wrong, which it could. But I, I'm not yeah. hoping for that. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't for your sake. It's a plausibility. It's a plausibility. Um, they do have Anthony Edwards, so I think they'll probably be okay. But so, like, at the end of the day, like, you're not going to get a big free agent star to come to Utah, probably. Having Donovan Mitchell will make that a lot easier of a selling point, though. I still don't think it will. And I, I think at the end of the day, it just is going to make more sense for the Jazz to trade him. I, I've been saying, I said on this show before, I would trade them both this offseason just rip the bandaid off. They do have Danny Ainge running their team now. It seems like that's what he wants to do because of what you got for Gobert. And because you're in this position right now, as long as Mitchell doesn't like actively like force his way out. I mean, you, you're really selling high. You could get a haul for Mitchell, get a bunch more picks, young guys already have some young pieces in place, ton of picks and just bottom out for a couple of years and rebuild that way. That's what I feel like it's going to happen eventually. Um, I think it would be – I would like to see Mitchell for, like, a, maybe a season without Gobert and see how it looks. But I do think, like I, – I do understand trading him now just because I feel like it's going to happen eventually. Just because at this point he's not going to really match up with the timeline. Unless something crazy happens and you're able to find a way to get another really great player to go with him. Like, the West is just too brutal. Like, you're not getting past any of those teams that are above you in the West and teams are going to be jumping you like the Pelicans. So – I would probably move him and try to get a haul, bunch of picks, young guys, and restart. Um, but I don't – I think the place everyone's talking about that I – of the places everyone's talking about, I think the Knicks is the most realistic. Because really? he's from New York, so he has some connections there. I think his dad, like, works for the Mets or something uh, that I've heard. The Knicks have a good amount of draft picks. They have some young guys. Like, if, they, if they're willing to give you R.J. Barrett, I mean, R.J. Barrett, maybe one other young guy, Hall of Picks. Is that enough? Maybe. That's more than, like, Miami could give you. Like, if you're talking about teams you trade him to, Miami and the Knicks are kind of the ones everyone says. I mean, I'd rather have R.J. Barrett and Picks than Tyler Hero and Picks, personally. Um, so, I don't know. If, if they do move Mitchell, where would you like to see him go? Or is there another team we're not thinking of? I'm just stuck on the fact. I don't know. I think I'd personally have Hero 
over RJ. I think Hero's proven more than RJ wow. has. Great. Huh? Look at the team Hero's been on. RJ averaged like 20 a game. He's improving every year. He's more athletic. He's a better defender. Hero has playoff hard. success. That's not because of Tyler Hero, though. <laughs> Hero is the sixth man. He's already on a great team. If you put RJ Barrett on the Heat, he could have playoff success, too. Sorry, I'm sorry. Six man. Hero is the sixth man, dude. That is incredible. On a team of stars, that's incredible. I don't know if I would call it a team of there's stars. Been a, there's been a quite – the six man candidacy was pretty tough this year. I didn't, I didn't hear – I know RJ is a starter, but I didn't hear his name in the six man contended. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I'm just telling you if I'm right. I personally would actually no, I I'm being serious though. I personally would have Hero over RJ. Fine. But if I were to say um where Donovan Mitchell, where I would probably say would be interesting to see him land. Hmm. Well, I mean I I it's really hard to think. It would probably be somewhere out I would I would probably say the Knicks too, yeah. I mean, it, it just—I would say something out east um, that can give a lot. I mean, Mitchell and Beal might be pretty cool too. Uh, yeah. I was about to say I don't know what the Wizards would give up besides the entire house. I don't. Um, I, don't I would not want to go. To that. I don't know about that, but I mean, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking of just fun, fun little duos that yeah. you know could be happening. I mean, you say I heard you just say Luca, but I don't know what the Mavs would give up. They would probably have yeah, to pretty much forfeit that. that Christian Wood deal that they got. It'd be you cool. Know. Yeah, the Mavs just don't have assets. I feel like that people want. Maybe Cleveland. I mean, that'd be interesting. They have them go with Mobley and bring greatness back to that city. Trade um, maybe. Yeah, I was about to say, but I mean. He is called Spider Man. I mean, so it would be it, it makes the most sense for him to go to New York. So, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't that makes a good point? I mean, it just adds on to it. Yeah, I think the Knicks make the most sense. I, I, again, just like with KD, I think Toronto could be cool because they have a lot they could give you. And like, I mean, you get like now. I'm not now. If we talked about Scotty Barnes for KD. I'm not giving up Scotty Barnes for Donovan Mitchell. If I'm no. But if you can, somehow, if, you, if the Raptors could find a way to do that without giving up Barnes, maybe just picks rotational young guys, uh, you know, just a haul of picks. Like you could somehow keep Barnes and Mitchell, and one of Van Vliet and Siakam. Like that'd be a pretty legit team in the East. I really feel like the Raptors are in a good spot to make a big trade. But I feel like after that Gobert trade, they're going to be high. They're going to be valuing Mitchell really high after that Gobert trade. Oh yeah, that, that's the thing. The, that's why I said the Jazz are going to be spot. It's like they don't have to move him, but if they do, they could probably. It'd probably be so they can be like, "We'll give him to you, but we're going to need a lot because we could." Yeah, it's going to be a haul. So, it's interesting. I, I'm very interested to see what the Jazz do. I personally, I just hope he doesn't go to the Heat. I'm, I'm kind of just. Uh, I've said this before. No disrespect, respect the franchise and everything. I'm kind of just tired of the heat. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over all the franchise. Every time you see their name <laughs> in like one of the sweepstakes, you know, I'm over it. I agree. <laughs> so I'd rather see him go to the Knicks. And like, that'd be fun if he was on the Knicks. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the KD situation? We don't have to get into it too much because it just seems like at this point, like the Nets are just, their asking price is way too high. And people are like, look, he's 34. You can bail on me. 
we have to give up the whole core to get him. So, like, it feels I like mean, they're stuck. Like I said, I think KD's staying. Uh, I feel like Kyrie might be staying, too. I mean, I could see the whole Russell Westbrook going over there and training him, too. But I feel like, I feel like that's not going to happen. I feel like all this has been a stretch, you know. Uh, it, if it was just a request, you know, it was just a request, not a demand. But I, I, like I said, I'm with Adam Silver. I'll, I, I'm, I'm over it. So I, that's all I can say, man. I agree with you on that. I, I do think it's bad. It's a very I think bad he opinion. stays. If you want to talk about, Kate, do you think he will stay? I can ask you that. Do you think he'll stay? I mean, I think he might have to. Probably not. But like, it's just gonna. It's. I. I kind of hope they don't make a deal because it'd be fascinating to me to be like to see like how how serious he really is about this. Like, he has four years left on his deal. Is he gonna like? Is he willing to like sit out games? Like, does he want out that bad? I mean, I don't think he's – at this point, I don't think he's going to – I still think he's going to end up getting traded eventually. But I think it might be a while. Like, if I'm, if I'm the Nets, I'm not in a rush to trade him. I'm like, look, you got four years on your deal. Like, if I don't get an offer I want, you can sit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably will have to sit there, you know, just to prove his point. And he'll be waiting for a long time. And the Nets might have to prove their point too you know, and just hold them down. That's what I'm thinking will happen is that somebody will bear, will bar down and it's, you know, nothing's going to happen. Like, I just don't feel like there's anyone out there that's going to be able to give up, like, the absurd amount that the Nets want and still have, like, I feel like, I mean, Phoenix is possible, but if, if Aiton ends up going to the Pacers, like people are saying in a signing trade, I feel like that kind of takes Phoenix out of it because you'd almost have to have Aiton in that deal for it to work. I mean, yeah, we we explored a lot of these, you know, possibilities on the last episode, you know, about yeah. where KD could go. And it was tough. We, you know, it took us a minute to find these places. It took a lot of, you know, and tooth and nail. But every time, you know, we make, we try to finish a deal, it looked like one team was just depleted yeah. after KD showed up. So, and that's, the reality of what the Nets want, and that's what Caden. That's that's why I'm really saying that I think he's going to stay. Yeah, no, I agree with you. All right, um, I don't know if I think he's going to stay, but I agree with you that they're like they're kind of stuck. Like it's going to be interesting to see how long this goes on because I I can see this going into the season. Like the Nets have no reason. There's no reason that I have to panic and like do something quick. So yeah. Um, all right. Uh, as far as other other news, other stuff you want to talk about it, I I, I was saying we could possibly talk about the the uh, some of the summer league performances of some of the top guys. I don't watch the summer league games, but I've seen highlights, seen how players have do, and just from the highlights of the top five, I, I did say I would say something nice about the Sacramento Kings. So I want to say that real quick. We don't have to go into the full summer league top performers, but. And it is only summer league, so it's probably an overreaction. But I thought Keegan Murray, the fourth pick from Iowa, he looked really good for the Kings. And like, I see why people were clowning them for picking him instead of trading the pick because everyone said Ivy was fourth best player. Um, I don't know if you saw, but they did a disrespectful. He also got disrespected because they did a picture of all the top guys in the draft. And it's like future stars or something as the NBA. And it's Paulo Chet. Jabari, who are the first three picks, and then it's Jaden Ivey the, from Purdue, the, who was the fifth pick. 
And so they kept Keegan Murray, the fourth pick, out of it. Like, but I'm just saying, I'm just impressed. I, I get why it's Sacramento's a dumpster fire, so it probably still won't work. But I get why they did it because I'm watching him, and he is—he's a good shooter. He spaces the floor, shoots a three. He can play off the ball. He handles it pretty well. He seems like a capable defender. Like he's very much, and he's a three. He's a wing. It's very much what the Kings kind of need. Uh, for their roster as far as to go with someone who can kind of play in between on the wing with Sabonis and uh, and De'Aaron Fox. It's crazy. They just had a wing player. and wonder what happened to him. Who? Tyrus Holliburton. Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah what different. happened to him? Well, no, yeah. no. It's different. Because oh, wait. They traded him after no, that one he, year. <laughs> dead wrong on that. It was dumb to trade him, but Maybe not because – so the reason they traded him essentially – you're wrong on that because he, he's a guard. And so the reason they traded him is because him and Fox couldn't play together. So they essentially – like the numbers, I've seen the stats, like once they traded Halburton, like, yeah, it was probably questionable, but Fox's numbers like skyrocketed. So like Halburton's also kind of like a point guard. Like so him and Fox kind of both need the ball, which is why I said Keegan Murray is like really what they need. Like he's an off ball. He shoots really well. Um we don't have to spend a ton of time on summer league, obviously, but I just wanted to mention that he, he out of, I've seen like the top players, like in summer league, no one's talking about him. He looked really good to me. Palo also looks nasty. Chad, I think will be fun. I still don't know what to make of Jabari. He like really struggled his first game. And then his second game, he dropped 50. Um, it's the summer league at the end of the day, but I think Palo's going to be really, really good. And I really liked what I saw from Keegan Murray. So I just wanted to say one nice thing about the Kings since we always dunk on them. Nice. It's good to say <laughs> something nice once in a while. Anyways, uh, other stuff. What, what else are you wanting to get to? Maybe a little back into the NFL wave. Um, the QB rankings have been going around. Like I said, I don't think we're going to do our official QB rankings. I'd rather save that for like a – that could be a whole yeah. episode. Yeah, no, I'm not going to really go into the rankings. We're just going to go a little bit more uh, drama news style fashion here. Um, one of the top things that came up today, and it was something that I kind of was surprised of the reaction that this broadcaster was saying on, and it was Garoppolo to the Seattle Seahawks and how the possibility of that is gaining more traction after Baker Mayfield is officially a Panther. Um, what would your thoughts be on, first of all, if Garoppolo and Seattle did make this move? Uh, I mean, I don't understand. I, I get it, I guess, like for Pete Carroll. I mean, obviously Jimmy G is a huge upgrade over Drew Locker and Chino Smith. Like, let me just say, we'll just say that. But I mean, I just don't get, I just feel like Seattle, like, I would just, I just think they need to just, they're going to just full on tank, which is the only reason why I don't buy it as much. I just feel like, they're like, look, let's just bottom out really bad this year. I did think they had a nice draft, but their roster is so many holes. And I think they're just going to go for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud personally. And, I mean, even if they had Garoppolo, they would probably still be very bad because it's a bad raw. I mean, they were bad with Russell Wilson. And, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a nice player, but he's no Russell Wilson. So, ah, I, I don't get it as much. I get it just because – like, really, where else is he going to go at this point? Um, but I, I still don't like it just because I feel like Seattle's just be bad. Like, they just need to commit to being real, real bad for a year 
and then drafting, getting their shot at the best quarterback? I see the reaction that that was my initial reaction was Seattle should just embrace the tank. But I listened to the reaction of Colin Cowherd, who was he was usually a Seattle advocate for you know them doing good things. And his reaction was that he wants Garoppolo there. And I agreed with him for a lot of the reasons was one, Pete Carroll's old. He doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Two, you got good skill position players. And that's what Garoppolo is great at doing is utilizing the skill position players and getting the ball out of his hands as fast as possible and dinking and dunking. So that's two things that right there that I was like, okay, I'm following, I'm following. And then it was like, I'm trying to find, remember what that third take was. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo wins games. <laughs> wins games somehow. As much as we hate to say it, like, yeah, his numbers aren't pretty, but that one number that does matter is the win-loss column. And he was winning games against Russell Wilson. He was winning against – he was winning games out there for the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and he would have – he would have – he wouldn't have – yes, he would – it would be a downfall of roster roster wise yes it would be a downfall it will be a downgrade i won't say that he'll be like he'll be oh he could still do what he's doing in from in san francisco and seattle absolutely not he will have no chance of doing probably the exact same thing but i feel like what from what we've seen he can probably at least deliver seattle i feel like he will deliver much better to seattle than what people expect because you say that they should take cj stroud or bryce young and I like the argument of I think Jimmy Garoppolo could possibly be better than those two or any future young guy for the next year or two, you know. For the next but, year or two, but not in the long run. And Seattle, you can, remember, this is just the Pete Carroll aspect of Seattle, you know. Like Seattle if Pete Carroll is still right, right, running it, running the show over there, he is it, not going to rebuild. That is something that we have to wow. automatically understand is that I think Pete Carroll himself is not wanting to go through a rebuild. That's why he's not trying to admit that Drew Locke stinks. And that's why he's not trying to admit all this stuff. Like, he's like, oh, we're going to win. I mean, even though everyone in the NFL knows they're trying to tank, but we're like, Pete Carroll's got this mindset that there's no tanking because he's just not in that. He's not in it. He's not in it. He doesn't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. It is weird. Like, to me, the obvious course of action, if you were Seattle, like if I was running Seattle, Obviously, I'm just some idiot, and I'm not running an NFL team. But if I was Seattle, like, when it became clear that, like, Russ is not trying to be here, we just need to blow it up and start over, I would have, let like, told Pete, like, you can – I mean, I guess you've had to fire him, which would have been sad, but for all, since all he did for Seattle, he's a, been a great coach. But, like, to me, like, it's time. Like, realistically, even if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, that – that to me makes them go from what, like a three, four win team to a five, six win team. Jimmy Garoppolo is not winning more than six games with that Seattle team. They're going to have two rookie tackles. Ask uh, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger how fun it is to play with uh, two tackles with like barely any experience. It's not. So even though I do really like cross who they picked in the first round, but so like, I get it just because Pete Carroll and Jimmy G would make them more competitive and more interesting. And it would be a fun storyline, but it's such a huge step down in roster. And like, like Pete to me, like there's no quick fixes. Like they don't have Russell Wilson. They have a bad roster. So like, if if I was great with Russell Wilson, either though. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like 
Pete Carroll at this point is just like he's going to be gone in a year or two anyway. They're they're not yeah. getting to the playoffs anytime soon. Like in the next at least two years, probably longer. So I get it. I mean, Jimmy G only has a year left on his deal. If you can get him for like pennies on the dollar, sure, it could be fun. One thing that I think would be interesting that I've heard people throw around, and again, it comes back to still the big mystery of Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is out for like a year, the, and the Browns would have to wait and see if Jimmy G got released because they're already paying two quarterbacks to probably not play football, uh, one to play football for someone else and one to be suspended for sexual assault. But if they don't have – if Deshaun is like out the whole year, I mean, if I'm the Browns, I would be trying to see if we could find a way to get Jimmy G on to fill in for a year because Jimmy G, he's got like, what, a year on his deal? He could come in, have a good team around him, do pretty well, and then be a free agent next year and go wherever he wants, whatever, whoever will offer him. The Seattle thing yeah, is – idea. idea is a lot more comfortable than Seattle. I'll give you that. But yeah. Seattle's still also a possibility as well, especially after the whole – that Seattle wouldn't have to wait, you know, they would just be like, all right, well, surgery's done. Come on out. You know, mm-hmm. they won't have to wait for the Sean situation. Yeah, no, that's true. I don't know. That is interesting though. The idea of him going to Seattle, I, I don't see it, but I mean, it could happen. It would definitely make the Seahawks more interesting because right now they're just going to be really, really bad. <laughs> right now. Yeah. All right. Now I like that. That's good. Uh, All right, so more going on in the NFL. We got Lamar Jackson still not signing his contract. Um, No show on the training camp. Um, What do you think is going on over there as a Steelers fan? Like, what is your inside gut feeling on what what do you think is going to happen in the long game? I mean, I think they're going to eventually get a deal done. Well, from what I've heard, on like different shows and stuff, which is weird. They said, they said Lamar is the one who like, doesn't want to do a deal. Yeah. They said that the is, yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Ready to negotiate. And Lamar is mm-hmm. just kind of like, he's like, yeah, I want to play it out. And then, I mean, to me, Lamar could get, it's going to get a huge contract. I mean, they have to pay it. So I think it will eventually get done. It's just a matter of what Lamar wants, but like he's easily the most valuable, one of the most valuable quarterbacks in the league because like, I mean, you saw they were like eight and three in a one seed. They were all banged up, and he was dragging them real well. And then he got hurt, and they kind of fell apart. So yeah, that was it. Like, I mean, that especially when you look at that offense, like, if you take Lamar Jackson, I mean, they have a pretty good line, but you take Lamar Jackson off that offense, the weapons, I mean, it is not great. So, like, the, he means so much to that team. I think he deserves, he's going to get a massive deal, and he should. Now, I think it will probably be like a shorter, deal because he's more of a runner than like he's not gonna get the Mahomes 10-year contract that that's just I mean that's one of one um could he get Watson type money probably I don't think anyone probably will get exactly that because it's the Browns and they were just desperate and dumb but I mean I think he could definitely I think he'll definitely get a like five five six year mega extension almost all guaranteed um so I think it will eventually get done uh, just because he's so important to what they do. Uh, but it is, it is a unique situation. Um, as a Steelers fan, I don't know. I mean, I respect Lamar. I, I was so sad when Lamar got picked by the Ravens because I did really like him. So I hate that I have to root against him. But uh, 
you know, I'm not too, they're not my number one concern. I'll say that as a Steelers. Oh, shots fired. Far more, no disrespect. I'm just a lot more worried about uh, the Bengals. Seeing as I mean, you have every right to. They were the AFC <laughs> champs, you know. You got to, you know, the reigning champs. Um, but all right, got like that. I like that. I don't, for my opinion, I agree. I think they're going to have that, you know, wrapped up in a nice bow at some point. I think this is just Lamar just playing with the media, having his fun, you know, trolling everybody. Um, I do agree. It's weird, though, that he said he's the one that's being complicated, though, with all this. Like, he's being difficult. Like, he's the one that's saying no. Because initially, I thought it was coming off an injury too. Yeah, I was because I was like at first I thought it was the Ravens that were you know just blue balling him, but it's actually him that's blue balling them. And he's the one that's not showing up. But everyone in the Ravens organization is like, yeah, he'll show up when he wants to. You know, they they have full trust in him, and uh, I do too. You know, I still think he'll show up eventually, but whenever they get that done, it'll get done. But I just think he's just messing with everyone. Uh, the next story we got is Nikhil Harry was going oh, over yeah. to Chicago. I forgot about this. Um, my question is, is it too late for Chicago to even be even making moves at this point? <laughs> like, I mean, like, oh, is, it, is that really – does Nikhil Harry really, really help you, help you like, tr- prove to Justin Fields that you're trying to say, like, butter him up, like, help him out. Like, is that really trying to do something? What are, what are your thoughts, Cole? I mean, whatever. It's kind of like a move that it's kind of just like a double, uh, a double, uh, a rare lose-lose because they're not necessarily nothing against Nikhil Harry, but from the Patriots perspective, it's like, wow, we picked this dude in the first round and he was a horrible, horrible bust. We're trading him for a seventh-round pick. And from the Bears' perspective, it's like, huh, we've really done an absolutely terrible job of trying to build around Justin Fields. He's got one of the worst uh, receiving cores in the league. Well, what's still out there that we can do? Uh, Nikhil Harry, sure, maybe. I mean, it didn't work in New England, but maybe it'll work for us somehow. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, you know, it's it's a move. The Bears – It is a move. I don't think it's going to help them very much at all, but – I don't know, man. The Bears, it's just sad because I do really like Justin Fields. Like, if you were just ranking, I was thinking about this earlier as far as, like, my, when I'm going to do my QB rankings. Like, if you just put all the QBs from last year's draft up, like, as players, and you don't consider the situations that they're in or anything, Justin Fields would probably would easily, to me, be the number my number two after Trevor Lawrence. I like Justin Fields a lot. I really liked him coming out. Uh, I know he had some problems, but he still showed some great flashes at times last year. But man, the Bears are just doing everything they can to make sure that he fails. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of Justin Fields. I'm just glad that he got. I'm just glad the Bears are just incompetent right now. Um, just not, yeah, like he said, just not being able to build around him makes it a whole lot easier to not even think about him. But I mean, hey, we've seen. In Colby's world, the quarterback does everything. So who knows? Maybe Justin Fields will still get what do you mean nine wins. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> anyway, the quarterback does everything in Colby's world. <laughs> oh, not everything. I never said that. <laughs> I need to see some receipts on that. <laughs> uh, go to the Pyramid episode. <laughs> Pyramids of Jay's. Colby was very. Colby was breaking down some QB expectations. That's true. <laughs> QB is a lot, obviously, but 
I, I'm just saying, I, I genuinely, like, I feel bad for Justin Fields. I do, too. I, I like him a lot, and I want him to do well. And it'd be cool, honestly, like, I know it would suck for you, but, like, yep. it'd be kind of cool if the Bears were good. But I don't think they're going to be. They're going to be bad, actually. Put it this way. If I, would, if I were to choose the two teams that I would want an NFC North to have, like, a good rivalry again, it would be the Bears and Vikings, you know? Like, that – I've missed the days where it was, like – Aaron Rodgers, where the years where Aaron Rodgers was out, and it would just be like, all right, it's up to the Bears or Vikings. <laughs> one of the like you already know the Lions are gonna get it. It's like one of those years where it's like, all right, one of these two teams right here are gonna scrap for the NFC North because Rodgers ain't yeah. playing. So, <laughs> so it's literally just like what it was like Cutler was around there. We had Sam Bradford, it was ugly. Yeah, it was like it was yeah a bunch of characters but it was some great but we had matt forte and adrian peterson and we'd get some great games out of that with the defenses yeah. with erlacher but that, yeah, that's just yeah, me yeah. Like, i miss those days i miss the vikings bears games when they were good you know i i i because the vikings and bears for me i just have better memories of, me- of those games they were a lot more entertaining than the packers ones packers games they're just more up. Oh, we got them and they're gone. <laughs> or they just stomp on us for the entire game. So Matt, it's... <laughs> Matt Forte used to be one of my favorite players when I first started watching football. That dude was electric. I love Matt. Forte. Exactly. I was about to say, I had Adrian Peterson that I loved, but Matt Forte was always one of the guys, like people always said Matt Forte was better and would just be one of those things that triggered me as a kid. He was, he was a nasty run, running back. I will say, the most, in a couple, in another, probably really only one more year or two, because, you know, he's a weirdo, Aaron Rodgers. The post-Aaron Rodgers NFC North is going to be very interesting. Like, I really don't know. I feel like it's really – when Rodgers hangs it up, I mean, that division is pretty much up for grabs. Like, it's going to be – the Vikings are the best team now out of the other three, but that could change. Oh, that's going to change, yeah. I so think – uh, I feel like set up right now for the future, the best team set up for the future is probably the Lions. And that's weird to say. It's just about if they can draft the right quarterback, they could be a problem. Yeah, exactly. Like if the pretty much if the Bears did what the Lions did, like if the Bears did the Lions moves, they would be they would we would be talking about the Bears in a whole other light. We'd be talking about them probably as a wild card team, you know, potentially. If but now they decided to blow it up and send Quill Mac out, you know. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So my next question, though, it's going tailoring off of the QBs and number one and running backs or wide receivers. And it's actually a fantasy question. Okay. And it's what would your fantasy QB number one be right now? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I saw this on my social media. I and mean, it's like fantasy season is coming up. We usually do that before, you know, the actual season starts. So it's kind of, kind of time, a good time to start thinking about like, who would, be, who would be QB number one for the fighting Colbys? Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, it's going to be one of the usual suspects. Probably – I'd probably say either Josh Allen or Herbo, honestly. Um, I would say Mahomes, but I think there might be some – a little bit of adjusting with the new – no Tyreek Hill, kind of a new uh, skill group around him, at least as far as the receivers go. Um, so just because of that, I'll probably say, Josh, I'll probably say Josh Allen. Um, I really think Herbo is going to go crazy this year. Um, 
Burrow, Brady, Rogers obviously would all be up there. I would say probably Josh Allen though would be my fantasy QB one. Um. Okay. I got my two. I have two. Um. I agree. Herbo is always a solid one to go for. Uh. But my two for this year is going to be Herbert, Justin Herbert as well, and uh, a fun one, Zach Wilson. Something that you wanted to tease a little bit earlier. Uh, we found out that Zach Wilson has that dog in him, apparently, folks. If you haven't, if if you haven't heard already, um, but uh, to make a move like that like, for your mom's friend, I mean, that just speaks character often on the field. Zach Wilson, um, you, you have the potential to make a great. We you we've talked about Zach Wilson having the potential to make a great sophomore year having a great next year and uh he's already starting his preseason and offseason on a great note so he is trending in the right direction already um trevor lawrence may have gotten the new coach but zach wilson has the best story so far oh yeah offseason yeah i mean especially too because like you know zach wilson like stuff he's, he's he's a mormon not that there's anything wrong with that but you know you're like, people are like, wow, he's going from Utah to like New York City. And now I feel like after this story comes out, like New York in general, like Broadway, you talk about Broadway, you name it back in the day. Like Zach Wilson is going to have a lot more uh, credibility in New York now. People will be like, okay, all right, this dude is cut. I, it makes me think it's like, it's, it's obviously just a funny story, but like, it is it's also just like, like it's pretty wild and it's legendary, but it, it really does. It's like, okay. This dude, he, he might he might be ready for this. He's not a he might not be afraid at the moment. He might be able to. Turn That's what I'm saying. Out. You know, I do think like he responded to a great draft. He responded, I think, today or last night, and it was I was out camping before the, you know, before they go back into training camp and OTAs and all that. He was he was out camping with the guys, had bad service. Did I miss anything? Yeah. And his describing teammates, this whole time. Teammates are commenting on it. They're like legend. This <laughs> dude's. He's going to have more cred in the locker room now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's going to be a, I feel like, so it's just, just another fun little thing, you know, but yeah, fantasy coming up, Zach Wilson. Um, have you seen the Homelander see. meme of Zach Wilson? Have you, have you, have you seen the boys or not? Yes, I've been, I'm watching a little bit of it here and there. Oh, so you haven't seen the new season? I have. I've seen. I've seen the breakdown videos. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I'm one of those people, folks. But I, I usually don't have the time to watch the show. So okay. Well, then, I like to watch. I like to watch what I'm getting into before I get into it. <laughs> like I do know who Homelander is. I do know who it is. Like, like, Zach Wilson here. I'll show you real quick before this ends. Uh, do you, you got more stuff you want to get to? You want to do another one? Or are you good? I am all good. Unless you want to talk about the. Can, oh wait, I do have one thing. How do you say the Steelers' new stadium name? Oh my God, it's horrible. Acrisure or Arkisure? <laughs> like, is I got sweet. See if it does before. Is, okay, so the comment is Zach Wilson logging on, realizing the public reaction was the opposite of what he expected. Thank you for listening to the CJJC show. For more content, follow us on Spotify or our Instagram page if we ever decide to update that. So go ahead and give us a shout. Shout. You get what I'm saying.